but one thing stays the same. You're going to have a damn good time. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up to the sexiest woman on the airway. The one, the only, your host, Ashley. everyone. Happy Wednesday. Today is January 16th. It is in the middle of the longest month of the year. This month pretty much takes up three quarters of the entire year. It feels like it's like the longest month in the world. So anyway, of course, I'm Ashley. I'm sorry about that intro. I don't know what happened with the volume and I hope that my volume is okay. Um, Yeah, I wasn't even touching the soundboard, so I don't know. Don't know what happened there, but anyways. So today's show, we are going to talk about anxiety. And I think, again, like I said on Instagram yesterday, I think this is a really, really important topic almost every single day, along with a couple of other main questions that I get. I I, I get questions every single day, what is something that I can do for my anxiety? And I... You know, I do have but there are so many different facets and outlets and causes and dynamics to anxiety that I thought I would just do a show to cover all of it because it's important. <laughs> like I said yesterday, I just I feel like this really um, kind of deep cry for help almost. It's like, you know, it's 2019 with all of the things that we know you know, clinically, and as far as things that are available to us, uh, you know, there's just, we we really should be, we really should be able to be, I guess, better armored and suited against anxiety. And yes, sometimes maybe in some clinical cases, you do need some medication. But for the most part, I just, I really think there's more that we can be doing. So anxiety is, okay, hold on, let's just, let's look at the clinical definition of anxiety. So cl- by clinical definition, anxiety is an emotion, hmm, is an emotion characterized by feelings of tension, worried thoughts, and physical changes like increased blood pressure. People with anxiety disorders usually have recurring intrusive thoughts and concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. So anxiety, I, I don't know that I would call it an emotion. I don't, you know, I, I from my own personal experience, um, I, I don't, I didn't think it was an emotion. I thought it was a very intense state of, of health that was not, I just don't think it was an emotion. It was very intense. And I'll share some of my anxiety experiences um, in the show as well, because I, I have also suffered from anxiety a lot, and I worked really hard to overcome it. Um, so I will share some of my things as well. But speaking of sharing, so I did a little bit of market research yesterday on Instagram, and um, I want to share a couple of the answers uh, with you guys. So... I asked if, and I gave a little slider, if you're happy with your anxiety medication, from, you know, from no sliding, <laughs> minimal sliding being no to all the way up being yes and anything in between. 
50% average was the was the um, answer against being happy with medications. Out of 827 people, I guess I should say, who participated in this, 64% out of 827 people are they do experience anxiety. And some of the answers that I got about, you know, sharing their experience with anxiety and, and what it kind of looks like for, for these people, of course, 80, 827 people did not answer, but I did get quite a few, and um, I, I can share them, pretty much all of them, because they were almost all the same. Uh, total nightmare, absolute fear and terror, sheer terror, um, out of character things to to ease the anxiety, like gambling, drinking, you know, recreational pot use, things like that. But the common, I think, not not surprising, but the common answer across the board was just terror, fear, nightmare. Those are words that were used to describe it. So I just. Yeah, <laughs> I think that that is, uh, that is a message all in itself. But right now I do have a caller, so I'm going to, head, go, go, I'm going to go ahead and take this caller. Hi, thank you for calling Ashley on air. Who am I speaking with? Hello, this is Noah. Hi, how are you today? Oh, you know, just somewhere between the nightmare and the happy place. Okay. Well, thank you for calling into the show. Do you have any experiences with anxiety? Any personal uh, things you'd like to share? Oh, boy, do I. This one time I had a landlady who was so insistent that she said something that she didn't. She tried breaking into my house, and I almost had a, I almost passed out right there. I was having such an anxiety attack. Yeah, that's not good. I don't think that the landlady should try to be breaking into your house. What did you do? I I tried to hold the door shut. I, I'm a lodger boy, so I put my weight against the door, and she, she thought that I had changed the locks, so she stopped trying eventually. Well, well that's good. That is good. So when you when you have panic attacks like that, when you are having anxiety, what are some things that you do personally to ease your anxiety or fear? Usually, I if I have a friend nearby, they can help to calm me down by reassuring me that it's going to be okay and staying with me until I calm down. Or when I used to have my pets, they would come and sit with me and I would pet them and that would really help. But most of the time, I find that it's listening to a, a happy song or watching my favorite episode of a television show. Okay, those are all really good coping mechanisms. I'm happy to hear that. <laughs> I, I am happy to hear that you have found things that work for you. Um, and especially the pet, having a companion, I think there is a Actually, I don't think I know for a fact there are a lot of clinical studies about having a pet or companion and how that eases anxiety and actually helps people pull out of anxious or depressed states. So that's good. Absolutely. I'm very glad to hear that you've, you've found things that work. Yeah. Okay. Anything else you'd like to share with the audience or with me? I would just say that if you don't have a song that necessarily works for you, that I would try 
You can't stop the beat from Hairspray. That song always makes me feel like a million and a half dollars. It's so, so up-tempo and, and reassuring about who you are. I love it. A million and a half dollars. I, I love that. Thank you so much for calling in and sharing. And thank you for the thank kiss. You. And have a great day. Please, well. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. Thank you for the call. That was very insightful. I know we all do have different coping mechanisms, and it's interesting to hear everybody's different ways and methods. Okay, so I've only got 21 minutes left, so I'm going to go ahead and just get right in. Okay, so um, I, I, I figured I would share some personal um, accounts of my anxiety. Um, so for me, my anxiety started, and I don't think it will be a surprise to anybody, um, right around the time that I turned about 21. And I was in Florida at the time, working and starting in my previous career, and or my way past career, and it would creep up on me in the form of like these really weird feelings in my head. And it, at first, they were not thoughts, and that's why I had said earlier that I don't feel like it's emotions because it it really did feel like physical change, mental and physical change, but mostly physical. So I would I I would call a couple of friends at the time and just say, hey. And they're a little bit older than me, and I'm, you know, I'm very young. And Anyway, I would say, you know, when you were my age or around when you started doing A, B, and C, did you ever feel like these feelings in your head? And the only thing you could think of is it just kind of felt like like electric lightning um, kind of feelings in my head that would then trigger um, like heart palpitation and fear and like just and at first, it was I. I did not have sheer panic. It was just like, what the hell is going on? More kind of thing. And the more that started to happen, the more the more it continued to happen. The more I would just be like, okay, there is something wrong. And that's when the sheer terror set in. But I mean, it was a couple of years of me realizing, like, I'm I'm living in fear. Like every single day, I have these weird feelings and and. <clears throat> you know, rapid heart rate and, and all of these things were just kind of, it cascaded into, you know, anxiety. And I, it got really, really, really bad. Um, I was living, so I was living in Florida when the, the baseline of it started. And then when I was traveling to California um, frequently and then traveling and everything like that, I noticed I just, I was getting anxiety so much. And um, anyway, long story short, fast forward, I dealt with it without, you know, any medication or anything like that. And I just, I remember times of, remember one time, very, very particular, went out with a bunch of friends. One of my friends who I was really good friends with, still am, he was a nurse. And I was like, I something is wrong with me. Like, I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to take my last breath. My heart's going to beat out of my chest, but I couldn't, I wasn't saying it that articulate. Like I wasn't able to articulate it that way. I was like, Oh, something's wrong. Something's wrong. I'm freaking out. I'm freaking out. And he's like, and, and everybody knows that I didn't do drugs. Like that was just the thing. Ashley didn't do drugs. She didn't smoke. She didn't do anything. I didn't, I, I liked to drink. 
Um, but that was really it. And he was just like, you're, you are panicking. And that's the first time I think it was ever like said to my face, like you're having a panic attack. You know, this has gone from anxiety now to a panic attack. I couldn't do anything. I was so like just statuesque, just froze in fear and terror. And um, I remember I had called another friend of mine that night and had them come pick me up. And she drove me to my apartment and I just, I just had to lay on the couch in sheer terror and fear. And so that kind of started like my, I guess, research about it. And I kind of just lived with it for a while. I just, I knew my triggers, which were, you know, lack of sleep and um, a couple of other things. Obviously too much drinking and, and, and you know, partying with friends and things like that. I was young and kids, you know, whatever. Um, and then, you know, as, as time went on, it did get better. But then after I had my kids and, like, hormones changed and things like that, it started getting bad again. And so, yeah, so anyways, I had my fair share of anxiety, and it was not fun, and it's never fun. And I, I would be lying if I said that it didn't creep in every once in a while. But then um, in the same, I think in the same note, when we, when I just read the clinical definition of anxiety, at the end it said, you know, it causes you to, you know, potentially avoid certain situations out of worry. So I think our anxiety can teach us certain things about ourselves, you know, situations that we should personally be avoiding, or we can use it as health cues as, okay, you know, and, and that's what I started doing. I would say, okay, you know, uh, anxiety is creeping up. Where am I slipping? Like, you know, where's my nutrition? Where's my sleep? Where's my exercise? You know, where, what's the, you know, what's the kind of the, the thing that's happening or not happening that's causing the anxiety? So in that sense, you know, anxiety can kind of be a teacher for us. You know, a gut instinct, I think, is kind of tied in with anxiety as well. So we can use it as a teacher. So, okay, so I want to go ahead and get into, because I am a little short on time, I want to go into nutrient correlation with anxiety and other, even, you know, and that ties into other mental, I guess you'd call it mental, um, sort of disorders as well and health disorders. So I think we all know, or it's, a, it's kind of a common, I think more common knowledge, that things like magnesium, selenium, um, copper, things like that, all have a very, you know, those are, those are minerals the body needs, but they're very calming and they, they kind of act as inhibitory or relaxing um, minerals and nutrients that the body needs. But a couple of things that I've also noticed is that a lot of the micronutrients that are needed to fight against anxiety are depleted because of everyday life, because of you know external factors like um, environmental toxins, pollution, EMF radiation, I'm sitting here looking at my phone as I'm recording this, um, EMF blue light, hold on a second, blue light affecting, um, you know, your neurotransmitter production, like melatonin, which is huge, and that, you know, in turn also produces serotonin and things like that. I think that's, those are, you know, kind of common knowledge, but, um, you would, I mean, <laughs> I talk about diet a lot, so maybe this is not a surprise, but the foods that you eat and the nutrients that your body has 
or does not have or deficient in plays a huge role in you having severe debilitating anxiety. So say for instance, and this, this is, and studies have shown, the reason why alcoholics are more commonly you know, put on Xanax in recovery or not in recovery is because their B vitamins are so depleted. B vitamins as well as D vitamins, well actually D is a, vitamin D is a pre-hormone, but it's kind of the same. The body needs all of the B vitamins and able to, to, to be able to produce proper hormones, neurotransmitters, and all of the above. So B3 is a big one. Vitamin B3, we noticed that um, really, 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 really severe cases of anxiety all have like little to no vitamin B3 in their body. So really high doses of B3 are given to enhance GABA, which is neurotransmitter, like I mentioned before, the bees need, are needed to make those, a lot of them. Um, and then in turn converts tryptophan into serotonin. So if you don't have B3, your body's not going to do that. And you need that. It's so important. Another really important one is folate. So this aids in production of neurotransmitters again, such as dopamine and serotonin, which have a calming effect on the mood, which we know that about dopamine and serotonin. But, you know, what's the deal with folate? We are seeing a lot of people deficient in folate, which is a vitamin B, um, because they are not getting the correct type of folate. A lot of people need the methyl factor or the methyl folate for their body to break it down because of genetics and certain gene mutations that are possible. So folate is another huge one that a lot of people aren't um, aware of because they, they, you may be taking folate, you may be getting this B vitamin in a B complex, maybe you've got one at the store and it's not really working very well. So, you know, you need to see a healthcare provider about, you know, getting in that micronutrient panel because if you're, if you're seeing that you are low in, let's say, okay, let's go through the things we know, selenium, magnesium, copper, folate, um, choline is another huge one. Um, it's a precursor to another neurotransmitter. Here we go with that again, neurotransmitter. Um, serine is huge. Um, carnitine. Carnitine reduces anxiety and improves you know, feelings of well-being. So, you know, there, there are so many of these micronutrients. And if you get a micronutrient panel through your provider, um, then, you know, they can usually get a pretty good picture of what's going on. If you're deficient in all of these things, then yeah, we know that we need to put you on high doses of all of these things. And the cascade of regenerating neurotransmitters and things like that will begin. Is that all we need to do? Absolutely not. But it will be a huge, huge start. Because once you are balancing these things, once your body is getting what it needs, then you're going to notice differences in your sleep, your energy. If you're, you know, if you want to go exercise, then your body is going to detox better. So instead of, you know, taking nutrients or, you know, fasting is great actually, but instead of, you know, depriving yourself so much of so many things, you're going to need, if you do have severe anxiety, to dose yourself very high on a lot of these nutrients that your body does not have or is not getting. So once once you start doing that, you're going to see a baseline of like, okay, now, you know, I feel like calm and focused during the day and, and at night. 
And you may be asking yourself, well, what do I do when this anxiety is so severe that it's you know, crippling and debilitating? So there are things that you can do to lessen the symptoms, obviously, but you're not going to see any uh, improvement in the long term if you're not taking care of these baseline micronutrients through diet, through supplementation, uh, through better sleep, which will happen you know, once you're supplementing with these things. And not everybody um, that has anxiety will be deficient in all of these items, let me just name them off. Maybe you can you know, write them down or if you remember. So we see very often people with mood disorders, especially anxiety, need carnitine. They're deficient in carnitine, chromium, folate, inositol, choline, serine, copper, magnesium, selenium, zinc, B6, and B3. But as a general rule of thumb for, for my people that come to me, my clients, we just get you on a really good, you know, methylated B complex to cover all of that because you do need all of these, again, for the neurotransmitters. So we're, you know, we're testing for these things. We're seeing which ones are more severely deficient and dosing accordingly. And then at the same time, we are making sure the body is detoxing correctly. So moving every day. Area that we work on, and I can't, I can't tell you know, as a general rule of thumb, but I can tell you that you are going to need to fix your sleep. And that's going to happen with proper nutrition also, um, but it's a huge one. <clears throat> um, and then, you know, eliminating external factors as well. You know, lessening your screen time is really big. And, you know, making sure that, you know, your heavy metals that you're getting from outside pollutants and things like that are, are being detoxed and flushed out of the body. I know it's impossible to avoid them all because of our tap water with our shower water and everything like that, but you, you can take steps to reduce those. You would be so surprised how much these things work and make a difference. I think a lot of you have been told, you know, that it is such a, it's a mental thing and, and fighting to overcome, and that is true. But there are so many physical, at a cellular level, things happening inside of your body that are contributing to this severe, debilitating anxiety. It's true. So get with a professional who knows, who will test your micronutrients, who will test your neurotransmitters, who will also test your cholesterol. We need cholesterol, the good kind, to produce hormones. And if your hormone production is off, your thyroid or, you know, your liver, whatever is, you know, is throwing that off, we need to, we need to know cholesterol levels because if we don't have, you know, balanced cholesterol, good cholesterol, your body's not going to produce the correct hormones. And I'll tell you a story about something. So last year, I, I was vegetarian for a very long time and I was vegan inside of that for another, you know, good amount of time. And I was supplementing with you know, some things, and I, I kind of knew what I was doing, but um, without balancing my cholesterol first, my body pretty much completely stopped making hormones, and I was, oh my gosh, just rage, <laughs> or like rage kind of, not mad, I mean, I didn't like blow up at anybody, but I just was, I could not figure out, like, what, what was going on, I just felt so you ever you feel like you're like on edge and it's just one little little blow and you're just that's it that's how I felt constantly and it just it was not fun and so I went and I checked all of my levels and everything and turns out like I 
had no cholesterol, basically, and I was not producing hormones. So I supplemented correctly. I still don't eat a lot of animal protein, uh, but it is true that we do get a lot of, you know, the cholesterols and vitamins and minerals that we that we need from red meat and sometimes chicken, but chicken's the worst to eat, so be careful. Uh, but I do eat, you know, a lot of fish now in my, my nutrition. Uh, even, you know, you can get everything you need from a plant-based, you know, whole food diet as well. But if you're, if you're not into that and that's not your thing, then I'm not here to judge, but I am here to guide you um, should you need, hold on, here, sorry, if you need guidance in, you know, the right type of diet for you. But, you know, we need to see some of these markers in people with anxiety. And, you know, as, as far as the entire picture goes, yes, I think a therapist can help can help you with some coping mechanisms, um, you know, aside from like if you're turning to, especially if you're turning to substance abuse and gambling and things that are out of your character, then yes, I think therapy is a great, is a great idea for you. Um, but if you're ever told that it's anxiety is only, you know, on a mental level and it's all mind work and, and all of that, then that's not necessarily true. It's mind body. So everything that, and it's kind of a perpetuating cycle, everything that your mind is telling, I guess you're telling yourself in your mind or every irrational thought in your mind is a stressor, you know, and you're stressing yourself out. And that is also really throwing off, you know, testosterone, cortisol. And in that, on a cellular level, then you're, you know, when, if you're stressed like that constantly, your body is always, always, always burning through vitamins and nutrients. And if you don't have them, or if, even if you do have them, your body's going to deplete itself of those things that you need. So it is not just mental. And it is, there are so many things that we can do, so many things that functional medicine can do for anxiety and depression. You know, and, and again, if, you, if you're being told that it is just in your head and you've got to fight through it, then that is absolutely not true. So, you know, it, and, you know, there are, okay, yes, you can take melatonin, okay, let's just say that's one thing that I um, suggest for people, okay, and you can, that will help you sleep. You can, I have experience with myself and my clients that CBD works very well for them. It's, it does have a calming effect, but more so that it helps you focus and it helps you be more sharp and and mindful throughout the day, and then it shouldn't make you tired. If it makes you tired, they've added melatonin, which I recently found out, and that is not cool. I don't even think that's legal. It's definitely not ethical. And then, and it shouldn't it shouldn't make you super sleepy. CBD it should just make you focused and sharp. And then when it's time to go to sleep, then it puts you in that deep sleep and REM state for longer, so you are getting more meaningful sleep with a CBD, and that will help with hormone production and all of those things. Not to mention our body detoxes when we sleep. It detoxes proteins that are harmful to the brain. It detoxes the liver and all of those things. And we'll do another episode about sleep because I'm a huge sleep advocate. But, um, you know, and I have, okay, here's my herbs you see behind me. I have several herbs, valerian, hops, chaga, reishi, things like that that do help symptomatically. And they, they are good you know, they do have vitamins and minerals in those herbs. Why I love herbs so much because they help with symptoms and they help with the root cause as well. So I love herbs. You guys know I love my herbs. Um, and that those things will help, um, you know, 
symptom-wise, and sometimes we need that. I know when you're in that, I'm getting cut short here, um, when you're in that just constant state of fear, that terror and that you don't know what to do and everything's going to end, and I, I know that feeling. I've been there. I know it so well. Then you do just want that snap of a finger and for it to go away, and those things will help. But I'm telling you, anxiety is not, it should not be a normal. It should not be a norm for you. It should not be a norm for your body. There are 99% of the time underlying root causes on a systemic cellular nutri- nutrition, uh, nutrition, you know, uh, micronutrient, all, all of those levels that we need to check. You shouldn't have to live with anxiety anymore. Meditation is great also. Scientific studies with meditation uh, have, have really, really shown positive effects. I don't know if you guys can hear that or not, but it's cutting me off. Um, positive effects on blood pressure and anxiety and um, other, you know, depression and things like that. I don't know if I said that already. But there are things you can do. But take it from me. Get with me. Let's have a consultation and see what kind of testing would be great for you to completely eliminate your anxiety. I've got to cut it off here. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that you learned something from this. Please share your feedback. Email me. um, Call me. Let's do a consultation. Have a great day. I'll see you next Wednesday. Bye, guys.